Um, welcome to the first podcast of HR Partners. Um, we are here together with Amanda Selleck. Um, and we'll first start with introducing ourselves and then we'll, we'll happily introduce you. So my name is Nikki Bosman. I've been with HR Partners almost a year now. Um, I'm from the Netherlands. You may hear my accent. So from the Netherlands, um, there have been working in recruitment for four years and I wanted to go for a change. So I've decided that HR Partners was my, my go-to company. Um, yeah, I'm working together with also an Amanda, which may be a little bit confusing. <laughs> so I'm Amanda Hanen. I've been working for HR Partners for just over a year and a half and absolutely loving it still. I'm unfortunately not as cool as Nikki. I am born in Melbourne and bred. Um, and together we were sitting um, with Amanda Selleck, as, uh, as I've said before. So she's currently working at TransDev, uh, also nominated as HRD Rising Star. And she's here to talk uh, with us today about talent acquisition and the challenges that they have in TransDev. Um, and also the successes, of course, uh, their graduate program and their diversity and inclusion. Um, so yeah, Amanda, please introduce yourself. Um, so I guess my recruitment or um, HR career spans about eight years now. Yeah. Um, I've studied my master's in HR and from that the first role that I went into was a recruitment role and I kind of fell in love with it from there. So um, I think one of the first recruitment managers, one of the first bosses that I ever had was a bit of a recruitment geek and um, I guess just made me realise how exciting recruitment can be and what mm. an impact it can have on other people. Um, so since that first role in a boutique, um, consultancy. I've worked in a couple of ASX listed top 100 companies, um, mostly recruiting either volume or um, a bit of IT as well. And then my latest role is at Transdev um, as a talent acquisition project manager. What does that really mean? Really, I look after um, such a long title. Yeah. Um, but really what it means is I look after mostly the early talent streams there and a bit of um, our diversity and inclusion initiatives. So um, early talent being any internships, apprentices, um, graduate program, um, and internal learning and development as well. Yeah, and also, so you've been, um, you know, recognised as an HRD rising star. So congratulations yeah. for that. Thank you. Um, yeah, very exciting. And also, well, one of the things that you've been doing there, um, you know, had to do with the early talent streams. Um, so looking at, you know, the target that you guys set was by the end of 2021, you want to have at least 40% of the appointments made up of young people mm. under the age of 35. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit more about, about that. Okay. Um, I guess I'll set the scene a little bit first, so mm -hmm. um, where we're currently at. So currently in our business, I'm, I'm not sure how many of the audience will know who Transdev is, but I guess if you're looking, if you're um, listening in Australia, you might catch public transport to work, and um, if you catch, say, the Harbour City Ferry um, in Sydney or the light rail tram or a bus in Melbourne or Brisbane or Sydney, you're probably on a Transdev vehicle. Um, and basically how it works is we're a public transport operator, so um, we don't own the vehicles and, and the depots, but we operate on behalf of, of governments. Yeah. Um, and so we will, you know, win a tender to operate the transport for say, you know, five to 10 years and mm -hmm. it'll be our workforce that comes in and does that. Um, public transport is, I guess, a bit of a dinosaur of an industry and that's kind of why it's exciting to work in because there's a lot, lots of change needs to happen. Yeah. Um, at the moment, we sit at about 15 to 20% of females in our business and same with the under 35 category. It's about 15 to 20% of our workforce. 85% mm -hmm. um, of our workforce is made up of frontline workers. So that's your bus drivers, your tram drivers, your ferry masters. Um, if we don't start looking at different demographics, so younger people and females, 
we're just not going to have a workforce. Yeah. That's the reality of it. Yeah. So what I'm doing with the early talent piece and what my peers, um, Donna and Libby, do with the female piece is, is critical to our workforce, basically. Mm. Um, so when I came in last year, I guess where the um, Rising Star Award came was around more of the work, not that I'm doing on frontline, but with our support staff, mm -hmm. so all functional roles. Um, so it's really about, we had no graduate program when I started, so um, scoping that whole program. So I started August last year, so it's just clicked over a year. But, yep. And when I started, Paul, my manager, was like, oh, let's um, start a graduate program and let's have them start in 2019. And I said, you're crazy <laughs> because all of the graduates are gone and yeah. this is not the time of year mm -hmm. that you recruit and we have to get buy-in from every hiring manager and it's just not going to work. But we ended up with six graduates this year and, and nice. they've been with us for six months now. Mm -hmm. um, and the quality, they're, they're fantastic graduates. Um, it's really been cool to see them grow over the last six months. Um, and so, yeah, the, the graduate program has kind of kicked off. We've had 20 interns come in the business this year and um, over, I think it's like 10 to 15% of them have gone from being interns to casual employees with mm -hmm. us now. Mm -hmm. um, so whilst it sounds like, I guess, really small wins, it's a big, mm -hmm. big difference for our organisation because um, a lot of our staff are just not used to having younger yes. people around. Yeah, I um, imagine that that's a challenge. Huge challenge. Yeah. Like, and really small things that I didn't have time to do, like a bit of leadership training and millennial training and mm. things like that. Um, you know, one of the girls, one of the graduates that came in, she came into a team that was highly introverted. Um, she's got a STEM background, so her um, background is mathematics. And a lot of those, a lot of people that study mathematics are usually quite big introverts. She works in a team full of males that are all a lot older than her. And this is her first full-time role. Yeah. It was really hard for her to transition into that role and I'm, we're lucky we paired her with a really strong mentor that was able mm -hmm. to get her through that. But um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a, a big challenge. Yes, definitely. And with, with the mentors, can you tell me a little bit more about them? Do you have different mentors in the company who, mm. who helped graduate? Oh, that's, and the uh, interns? Yeah, that's another learning of mine. I think we kind of shot too high with our mentors for the first round, so mm -hmm. a lot of the mentors were on our um, senior leadership teams. So every one of our businesses around Australia, there's ten, and then two in New Zealand. Um, they have each have a senior leadership team. Yeah. So that could be a bus business of a thousand people, or it could be our light rail business, which only has 120 people. But each one of those has a, a senior level management team. Um, and this year we had picked mentors from that team. But what we really learned from that is that we were picking somebody that was kind of five steps ahead of these graduates yes. instead of being two steps ahead. And yep. that's really what they needed at mm -hmm. that time because for most of them it's their first professional role, they're settling into the workplace, they're not really sure what they want to do in that career. So um, the great thing is we started an internal learning and development program and those people can now become oh. mentors to mm -hmm. our, our graduates that come in and so forth. Perfect. And I can imagine that that's not the only chance of getting in a, uh, a younger workforce. Um, so if we step back a little and look at the implementation of this and, um, you know, biggest challenges that, that you guys mm. had. Obviously this with the mentoring piece, but I can imagine that there, there must be yeah. more. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, so I focus a lot um, on those functional support roles, as I said. So that's from a university background. But mm -hmm. when you think about our workforce... As I said, 85% is frontline workers. Mm -hmm. So it's about how do we get a younger demographic yes. to want to drive a bus. No one wants to drive a bus. It's not very sexy. Mm -hmm. you know. So that's our biggest challenge. Um, and the other thing is, and it, it goes the same for uh, people that are younger and females, they all think that driving a bus is just about 
physically, because you have to have a, an MR or a HR licence mm. to be able to drive that vehicle. Mm. So someone will go, well, I don't have that licence, so I can't apply. I think traditionally in Transdev, that's on an advert, they used to write, you need this licence, um, you know, you need to have a bit of customer service and this and that. But it was really about, can you drive the vehicle? Well, then you can do the job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The biggest challenge is changing the mindsets of some of those um, hiring managers, I would say, about we actually need to change who we're looking for completely. So what we've done to kind of overcome our challenge about the people that we're looking for and getting these, these younger people in is number one, our marketing. So we created a journey makers campaign. So it's basically mm -hmm. about, you know, it's more than just driving that bus. Mm -hmm. um, we are creating a journey for you every day, whether that be going to school, whether that be going to work, whether that be on a social occasion. You know, it's, it's, it's about getting from point A to point B in a safe manner and having a good time doing yeah. it type thing. Um, so, yeah, kind of, well, and the biggest, I guess one of the biggest changes that we have made, instead of needing that licence to come in and do it now, we will help you get that mm -hmm. licence. So it means that it opens the gates for anybody. Now everybody is our talent pool, and mm -hmm. instead of just being able to use, we're just being able to target current bus drivers, we can target younger people, we can target females, yep. and we can help you get the license. As long as you've got customer service skills and you want to work with the community, we can do the rest for you. Did the management team buy into it, or like how did you go with? It's it's an ongoing yeah. process, but um, so my manager Donna Jones, shout out to Donna, she's absolutely awesome. <laughs> um, she has done a lot of work in diversity and inclusion in other workplaces, and she's been at Transdev for two years, and yeah. she really pushes that agenda. Yeah, and we're really lucky because our CEO Renee completely buys into it. So he's on. Um, I'm not sure if heard, if you've heard of Male Champions of Change, um, but he participates in in that board, and mm -hmm. um, that means that we do a lot of initiatives throughout Transdev. It means that we actually go and survey the female bus drivers that we do have. Mm -hmm. um, we go out, we survey them, we talk to them, um, and we find out what they love about their job, but equally what they don't like and how we can kind of make that better. Um, but I think the line managers now are at a reality that um, what we, you know, what you've been doing yeah. is not working, and keeping on fishing from the same pool is not working. So we do have to move away, but you still have to fix some of those little attitudinal things about biases and, and whatnot. So it's a work in progress, yeah. but you know we're getting there. I think over the last couple, I think over the last year, it's shifted about four or five percent yeah. in terms of um, the increase in our in our final figures. But because um, obviously there's a difference between um, our targets are. By 2021, we want to have recruited that many, but that does not mean the workforce will reflect that because it takes a while for that to obviously catch up. Okay, um, we've spoke about it a little bit before about your employer branding and what you're doing also with the Journey Makers campaign. Mm. Um, so any other initiatives that you do around um, employer branding and how does that play a role in your 2021 targets? So the Journey Makers was a really big piece of employment branding for us, as I said. Um, really trying to focus on everybody at Transcend is a journey maker no matter yep. of your role um, and it's not just about driving that vehicle there's so many other things so um, I'm not actually sure who we what um, company we partnered with to complete that marketing campaign but we put quite a lot of money into that mm -hmm. um, but apart from that we have to be pretty creative about the other employment branding things we do and we have to we've got pretty strict comms team um, <laughs> that most things need to sort of go by them so um, Getting videos and things like that made on the fly is not an option for us because comms need to approve everything and oh, yes. there's a particular standard. Yep. I think the, 
the biggest challenge that we have with our employment brand is nobody knows who we are. Mm -hmm. I think when I spoke to both of you first, you went, I don't know who TransDev is. And I'll go out to a uni and I'll say, before I get started, I say also, um, does anyone know who TransDev is? And you know, one person out of 100 might put their hand up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I said, who caught a bus here today or who did this? And they all put their hands up and I said, that was, that's TransDev. Because we hide behind the government all the time. People mm -hmm. think of Mikey or they think of PTV. Mm -hmm. They don't actually understand that you know, the operator is a, d a different company. So um, first, you know, we don't, we didn't have any employment brand before Journeymaker. Yeah. Um, so that's difficult and it gets even worse with the younger demographic, I think. Mm. But in terms of the other things that we do, um, so a lot of uh, Facebook advertising, but also with my early talent streams, it's about being out on campus a little bit. So um, instead of doing careers fairs, I prefer to go out and kind of give back to the mm -hmm. community. So whether that be um, doing a presentation to universities, upskilling them, um, talking about who TransDev are, mm -hmm. um, all of those things. Um, but yeah, and Grad Connection and Grad Australia have played, the websites have played a huge part in, um, in helping our brand as well for that younger demographic. Um, but yeah, whatever is free and however we can be resourceful <laughs> is definitely the best thing for us. Yeah, and I think that's also one of the things why you, why you um, you know, got the HRD rising star. Um, because it said that you were presenting at the University of, of Queensland. Mm. Um, so yeah, tell a little bit more about it because video interviewing, the world is kind of changing and it's more about coaching around all the technology that recruitment yeah. companies are using. So what, what tips would you have for people um, you know, who are going on, on video interviews? Yeah, well, my background actually, so I think I told you ladies this when we first met, so my background actually is in sales and, uh -huh. um, well, prior to working at Transdev anyway, for three years and I sold a video interviewing tool called Sonru. And um, like you said, the, you know, the world is definitely changing and I think for entry-level roles, I truly believe that, I, I'm seeing companies already do it now, but there'll be no need for a resume anymore mm. because... You can absolutely tell everything you need to just because someone has no experience when someone has no experience they can't really put much on a, there's nothing to put on a resume but if you do a video interview of them you're yep. going to be able to tell straight away if they have good customer service skills and you know they're going to want to sh they, they shine basically mm. and i see it with my graduates um it's interesting if i show the video interviews first and then match that up with the CVs, mm -hmm. people start going, oh, this is not who I would have chosen if I had seen the CVs, etc. Um, but I guess tips for for um, completing them, treat it like you would any other face-to-face -face interview. Mm -hmm. You know, preparation is key. Um, it sounds ridiculous, but read the instructions that the employer gives you. I often list on there, dress professionally as you would for yep. a video interview, yep. you know, sit in a quiet room. I'm sure you guys have seen many stuff <laughs> and have got many stories. It's our cat walking across the back of a table. Oh my yes, gosh, yes. really I've literally <laughs> seen a naked man walk past yeah. oh, wow. in the background, yeah. And then, like, that, that was shut down quite quickly, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but, you know, just like, really simple things yeah. like that. Um, Practice behavioural-based questions mm. and know your star methodology, yeah. yep. and especially in entry-level recruitment because those are the candidates that stand out. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing I tell um, university graduates to do, I mean, I, I think university graduates are increasingly a lot more aware of the companies that they're applying for and they're a lot more selective. Um, they want their values to align with those companies and the people that move forward in my process are passionate about public transport, about working in the community, about making a difference to yep. people's lives. Because um, I think, as I said before, we can teach the skills, um, we can do all of that, but to find passionate people that align with your business is, is really hard. Mm -hmm. So I just encourage them, you know, be who you are and show that passion and 
think that's the best way forward. Um, but yeah, bring yeah. the instructions. <laughs> Perfect. Um, hmm. What's next? Like, what's your dream for this role? Where do you see it? Oh, like, that's a good question. But then, like, another thing that I was sort of thinking beforehand was, you know, your goal is to have 40% of, you know, younger people in the business. What's going to happen with retention? Because I know within the business, everyone's flicking through roles yeah. quite quickly. Yeah. Like, what's your plan in place? To be honest, that's a, uh, the retention is really interesting. So yeah. whilst we've upped the recruitment of um, females and younger people this year, especially the female cohort, don't seem to be staying. We've yeah. noticed that. And that's why the actual difference in figures of who we currently have mm. is still low. So um, a huge problem for us is that because governments own all the assets that we work with, the buses and the depots, yeah. they're not particularly nice. Um, my manager does a presentation where she puts up two pictures and um, one picture is of like, the 1980s of a bar and there's gents playing pool and people smoking. She literally puts up a picture of one of our depots. It looks the same. Yeah. And that's not a woman, that's not an environment a woman wants to be in. So trying to get government to change that is, is really hard. Um, and what we recognise is not just a, recruitment can only do so much, I guess. Yeah. You can, and like I said, you can bring them all in, but if we're not retaining them, then mm-hmm. what's the point? So I think it is about changing some of that structure on the back end. Um, it is about making the ships more flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's things like rostering. Yeah. Are they flexible? Are they friendly for anybody to, you know, some of the rosters now you have you have to work split shifts all mm-hmm. the time. There's no option. That means coming in for four hours in the morning, half the day you've got off in the middle, yeah. and then coming back. Yeah. Not everyone can do that. So if we can make those things more flexible, mm-hmm. then you know more younger people and um, more females will come in. I have no doubt we can. Um, retain the younger people working in functional roles so can't like all the support functions because the opportunities they get I mean they get amazing opportunities to work on projects that really matter so that's Mm -hmm. been the feedback from the graduates we might not pay as much as a a KPMG or some of your top tier businesses but you get to work on real projects that Mm -hmm. have huge Mm -hmm. financial impact on the business which is really exciting for them so, yeah, the retention is a working piece, and I think yeah. it's, it's bigger than just recruitment. Watch this space. Yeah. Watch this space, that's right. Yeah. And then, oh, you were saying, what's next after this? Mm. Um, so I was saying before, so this is part of my job. I also work on diversity and inclusion, yeah. a lot of initiatives. So um, we're working on our reconciliation action plan at the moment, which is pretty exciting, and um, in the process of getting that endorsed. Um, so that's pretty cool. And I guess that's the next step. So. Mm. Um, you know, when we talk about diversity, unfortunately for us, it really is just about gender at the moment and yeah. that age demographic. Um, in terms of um, um, nationalities, we have huge spans, and mm-hmm. that's definitely no problem for us, which is absolutely awesome, and, and we really celebrate that. Um, but you know, I guess we want to be more diverse in terms of um, disability mm-hmm. and those yep. types of things. Yep. So that's probably the next step, which we're kind of starting on that journey now. Perfect. Yeah. Is there any questions you'd like to ask us? Well, actually, I'm not sure if I was talking to you about this, but I have noticed personally. Um, do you do you what type of roles do you do HR and recruitment roles specifically? Yeah. Um, yes. So anything within the HR stream, that's what yeah. we're about. So like L and D or H and S as well. Because the market seems very tight at the moment for yeah. recruiters. Mm. Crazy, right? It, yes. And I think over the last few years that um, yeah. the salary range has risen quite a bit. It seems like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I've like when I first started here, I had six job offers, mm. and then I've noticed since I've been here, being within the recruitment space as well, going I've always consistently had people, 
that I've got you know way too many roles on for recruitment, but mm. I'm able to spread them out. At the moment, within the last sort of two mu- two months, this has been the driest I've had for recruiters. Really, like you meet one recruiter, they're getting offered another role ten minutes after they've met you. Salary expectations as well; they're able to get whatever they want. And I will always mm. say to people, I'm not over, I'm not promising you the world because if I do, you're going to be the first one to leave because if that dries mm. up. But yeah, it's there's no recruiters around at the moment. And yeah. I think it's also the, the other way around. So if we look at the most requested jobs of us for 2018, mm. recruiter is number one by far. Really? By far. And I think also the, the salary level, um, it, it keeps on going up. Mm. Um, and then you, you obviously have the difference in recruiters. So we... It's yeah, so we see you have that... Um, transactional. Yeah, so 60 to 70 is transactional, coordinator, scheduling yes. interviews, doing yep. phone interviews, a little bit reactive. Then yes. you have the 70, 75, 80s, it's got next steps, doing the face-to-face interviews, doing um, good stakeholder management, taking in-depth job briefs. Okay. And then when you get to that next step um, from 80, 85, 90, you're getting more strategical, you're yep. doing good searches, Boolean searches. Um, partnering with the business. Partnering with the business very closely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more about the future. So what do we need in, in yep. you know five mm-hmm. months, 10 months? So that's very some more proactive one and then mm. next up is the um, the TA managers I'd say yep. um, but yeah it's been it's been interesting for for a lot of companies uh, to find the right recruiter we're getting yeah. a lot of requests in mm. um, and we have to make sure that we set the right expectations from there yeah, yeah. do you think there's a lack of good recruiters or just a lack of recruiters in general um, and why I think it's a combination so for me I'm an international um, and also the visa requirements changed yeah. around recruitment consultants yes, that's true. so that's one and it actually happened I was really I think it was one of the last ones um, that got approved but from there it's also been more difficult if they're not here to find them somewhere else yep mm-hmm. Um, we do have good recruiters. They're just moving really quickly. Yeah. Um, and they're being quite strategic on the roles that they take. Yeah. And then yes. It's also, I think, you get you know you get one recruiter and they're fantastic, but they're a great transactional recruiter. But mm. We might not have the transactional roles yeah, in at the sure. moment, and then vice versa for the partnering recruiters. Um, also, it depends on the industry. They might be, I want an IT role. Yeah. There's no IT roles at the moment. Or a client's like, I want someone that has utilities background. There's yeah. no utilities recruiters there at the current time. So, like, yeah, we could say we've got, like, maybe 15 recruiters that we know at one given time. But for that exact role, none of them suit yeah. the position. Do you mm-hmm. find that um, internal functions do want people with experience in their industry or are they willing to look outside it kind of depends it depends to be honest i would say 80 percent would be they want it within that industry that they're recruiting yeah and then the 20 percent they'll give and take yeah and i think it also kind of depends if they've been recruiting themselves so Mm -hmm. if they've been out to market most of the time they found out that the market is pretty tight um and then they tend to be more flexible when they come to us Mm -hmm. Uh, but most of them i i I definitely say the same as amanda 80 80 20 percent yeah right yeah Mm. And do you find them, um, people move in the market quite quickly, like stay in roles oh. for a short amount of time and then move on, or not it's necessarily? It's a contract based now. Yeah. Everything's gone quite onto the contract side. Um, and then clients want people that have the longevity, so it's hard to get in between. Um, people will go into jobs and might move after six months because something's not right within mm. that specific team or business. 
Um, but we do get people that have been in the same recruitment organisation or even, you know, internal for two, three, four yeah. years and they just want that next step up um, and they're able to get that in the market at the moment. So mm. that's why I think people are looking because they know the, the market, it's just, mm. it's your pick pretty much. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Very good. Nice. Well, I think that's then the end of it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll close it this time. Um, yeah, it was lovely, lovely meeting you and talking to you and getting all your insights in, you know, what you've been doing. Um, and definitely, I mean, for for next time, if we can have an opportunity, to kind of follow up with you and kind of see how we how it goes with the whole diversity and inclusion piece. Yeah. That that would definitely be something that you know awesome. we we'd look forward to. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.